ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with kitab at-tawhid we now on the chapter babu qawlillahi ta'ala hatta idha fuzzi'a an qulubihim qalu madha qala rabbukum qalu al-haq wa huwa al-'aliy al-kabir fi as-sahih an abi hurairah radiyallahu anhu an an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wasallam qala idha qada Allah al-amra fi as-samaa ضربت الملائكة بأجنحتها خضعانا لقوله كأنه سلسلة على صفوان ينفضهم ذلك حتى إذا فزع عن قلوبهم قالوا ماذا قال ربكم قالوا الحق وهو العلي الكبير فيسمعها مسترق السمع ومسترق السمع هكذا بعضه فوق بعض وصفه سفيان بكفه فحرفها وبدد بين أصابعه Alright, here in this chapter now, the shaykh, he goes on to mention regarding the revelation or when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the heavens and what occurs. Muradu shaykh rahimahullahu ta'ala bihada al-bab an yubayyina tafsira hadhi al-ayah kama jaat bithalika sunna anil nabiyyi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فإن هذه الآية فسرتها السنة بالأحاديث التي ذكرها الشيخ في هذا الباب والغرض من ذلك إتمام ما سبق في الأبواب السابقة من بيان أدلة بطلان الشرك So here the sheikh is going to give the tafsir of this ayah the tafsir of this particular ayah and that is to then understand the reality of tawheed why it is that you must single out your worship to Allah alone So في هذا الباب يبين بطلان عبادة الملائكة. In this chapter, he is going to clarify the falsehood of worshiping angels. He is going to prove in this chapter with some of these evidences that it is not permissible to worship even the angels. And if it is not permissible to worship even the angels who are raised up and are amongst the heavens, within the heavens, if it's not even permissible to worship the angels, how could it possibly be permissible to worship these statues and stones and people upon the earth? So he's going to clarify the impermissibility of worshipping angels. So in this hadith it says, إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ الْأَمْرَ مَعْنَاهُ إِذَا تَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ بِالْوَحِي if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with the revelation, when Allah speaks the revelation in the heavens, Allah speaks the revelation, كَمَا فِي حَدِيثِ النَّوَّاسِ بْنِ سَمْعَانَ الَّذِي فِي آخِرِ الْبَابِ هَذَا اللَّفْضِ إِذَا تَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ بِالْوَحِي So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. This is one of the attributes of Allah, that Allah speaks. So when Allah speaks with the revelation, Allah speaks with the revelation and that is then heard by the angels. It is heard by the angels and they fall down 
in prostration when they hear that. When they hear the revelation, they hear from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah speaks, then they fall down in prostration. إِذَا سَمِعُوهُ سَعِقُوا وَخَرُّوا كَمَا يَأْتِي خَرُّوا لِلَّهِ سُجَّدًا تَعْظِيمًا لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلٌ Also in the narration it says, إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ الْأَمْرَ فِي السَّمَاءِ When Allah decrees an affair in the heavens, indicating that Allah is above, indicating that Allah is above, Allah is the most high, Allah commands and the revelation, Allah speaks with that in the heavens, above the heavens rather. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore is above. Because the narration says, when Allah decrees an affair from above, from the heavens. So this indicates the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah that Allah is above the Most High, and not the aqidah of the people of deviation that Allah is everywhere. So, fi qawlihi fi samaa this is affirmation that Allah is above. So when Allah speaks the revelation, and the angels they hear that, and they are from the greatest of the creation of Allah, the angels in terms of their size and their power and their might, the way that Allah has created them, they are from the strongest and the greatest of the creation of Allah. But when they hear Allah speak, when they hear that revelation, when they hear Allah speak, then they strike their wings. They strike their wings. They hit their wings to demonstrate the greatness or to show their humility and humbleness in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ضربت الملائكة بأجنحتها الملائكة من أعظم المخلوقات لا يعلم عظم خلق لا يعلم عظم أو عظم خلقة الملائكة إلا الله وإذا كانوا على هذه الحالة من العظم ومع هذا لا تصلح عبادتهم من دون الله فهم مع قوتهم وعظم خلقتهم يخافون من الله سبحانه وتعالى إذا سمعوا كلامه ضربوا بأجنحتهم So even though the angels are powerful and they are large and they are extremely magnificent in the way that Allah has created them in one narration it says that if a bird was to fly from the earlobe to the shoulder of an angel it would take 500 years or hundreds of years such is the size and the might of these angels that Allah has created. Yet those angels, when they hear Allah speak, they hear the revelation, then they strike their wings out of their humility and humbleness before Allah and from the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. خَضَعَانًا هَذَا مَفْعُولٌ لِأَجْلِهِ يَعْنِي لِمَاذَا ضَرَبُوا بِأَجْنِحَتِهِمْ so they strike their wings when they hear Allah speak the revelation out of their humbleness before Allah, out of their fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to demonstrate and to show the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِنْ كَانَتْ هَذِهِ حَالَتُهُمْ فَلَا يَجُوزُ أَنْ يُعْبَدُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ So if this is the angels, 
how strong and powerful the angels are. Yet when they hear the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are in a state of fear from Allah also. And they show their humbleness and humility before Allah. Then that shows that the angels themselves are not to be worshipped. They themselves are fearful of Allah. and They themselves are the creation of Allah. Qawluhu, na'am, liqawlihi, so they strike their wings out of humbleness and humility and fear out of the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which Allah has said from the speech that Allah has said. And the sound that is heard when they strike their wings, like it is a chain upon a rock. أو صوت الملك نفسه بصوت السلسلة إذا جرت على حجر أملس. If you have a smooth stone, you have a smooth stone, and you have a chain that you drag along that smooth stone, the sound that it makes. This is the example that is given of the sound of the angels, perhaps themselves when they strike their wings, or of the sound of the revelation as they hear it. So this sound, it is as if it penetrates into the hearing of the angels. The sound, it penetrates into the hearing of the angels, into the hearts of the angels when they hear Allah speak. When they hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak, and fear falls into their heart, and the awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in their heart. The humbleness, the humility before Allah is in their heart. So when that then subsides when that fear then it is calmed down after they heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak حَتَّى إِذَا فُزِّعَ عَنْ قُلُوبِهِمْ يعني أُزِيلَ عَنْهَا الْفَزَعْ تَسَاءَلُوا بَيْنَهُمْ So after they hear the revelation, they hear Allah speak, the fear it falls into their hearts that Allah is speaking the revelation and they have humbleness and humility and they strike their wings out of fear of Allah and out of showing the greatness of Allah after a moment then, when that fear and all of that state of theirs calms, then they ask each other. Then they ask each other, Mada qala rabbukum? What did your Lord say? What did your Lord say? After they have calmed, they then ask each other, What did your Lord say? Qalul haq. Then they say to each other, He said the truth. Allah spoke the truth. He said the truth. أي قال بعضهم لبعض قال الله الحق لأن كلامه حق سبحانه وتعالى. They say to each other, Allah spoke the truth. When the angels ask each other, what did Allah say? Then they reply to each other that Allah spoke the truth. What Allah said is the truth. All of the speech of Allah is the truth. Then the narration goes on to say, فَيَسْمَعُهَا مُسْتَرِقٌ then one of those who are attempting to steal to eavesdrop from the shayateen of the jinn, they hear what was said between the angels. They hear that revelation. 
one of the shayateen, al-mustariq, huwa alladhi ya'khudhu shay' bi sur'a wa khufya, wa minhu summiya as-sariqu alladhi ya'khudhu al-mal ala wajh al-khufya wa sur'a, haythu la yarahu ahad. Wa mustariqu sam' huwa al-shaytan alladhi ya'khtufu al-kalima min al-wahi, alladhi tatakallamu bihi al-malaika fi al-sama'a. So the shayateen, as it's known in the narration, the jinn of the shayateen, they climb on top of each other's backs until they reach up to the heavens. They climb on top of each other's backs until they reach up to the heavens. And then the one at the top, he attempts, he tries to listen. And sometimes they will hear this. They will hear this, the speech between the angels of what is being spoken about regarding the revelation. And that's what they are attempting to hear. So they climb on top of each other's backs until they get up to the heavens. And then they attempt to listen. They try to listen to see if they can get any of the revelation. They can steal some of that eavesdrop, some of that information. Wasafahu Sufyan. Sufyan ibn Uyayna, one of the great uh, scholars, he described to them with the, his hands. He... When he was narrating the hadith, he described to them with his hands how they climb on top of each other's backs until they can reach up to the heavens to steal some information. So maybe one of these shayateen at the top, he hears something. He hears something of that speech between the angels regarding the revelation. So then, when the top one manages to hear something, eavesdrop and catch something about the revelation that they are talking about, he passes it on to the one below him. That one then whispers it on, speaks it to the one below him. He then tells the one below him. He tells the one below him. And in this way, that speech is passed down and down and down until it comes to the lowest one. فَيُلْقِيهَا إِلَى مَنْ تَحْتَهُ مِنَ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَالَّذِي تَحْتَهُ يُلْقِيهَا إِلَى الْآخَرِ وَاحِدًا بَعْدَ وَاحِدًا حَتَّى يُلْقِيَهَا الْأَخِيرَ عَلَى لِسَانِ السَّاحِرِ أَوِ الْكَاهِنِ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمِ So the top one from the shayateen, he listens and he catches something. From what the angels are saying after Allah has spoken the revelation. And he passes that information on. That one passes it on to the next one. Because they are on top of each other's backs all the way up. They pass on the information one to the next until it gets to the one right at the bottom of that chain. He then goes with that information and takes it to the magicians and the fortune tellers and the crystal balls and all those people. He passes on this information to them that we received this. We eavesdropped this information from the heavens. The angels were speaking about this particular information, this particular revelation, this particular information. So he passes that on to the magicians and the fortune tellers and the sorcerers upon this earth. هَذَا نَعْمْ وَالسِّحْرِ مَعْرُوفِ هُوَ عَمَلِيَّ يَعْلَمُهَا السَّاحِرِ إِمَّا بِالْعُقَدِ وَالنَّفْثِ وَإِمَّا بِكَلَامِ الْكُفْرِ وَالشِّرْكِ فَهُوَ عَزَائِمْ وَرُقَى شَيْطَانِيَّةِ وَإِمَّا بِمَوَادِ خَبِيثَةَ the Shaykh says the magicians and these fortune tellers are well known what they do, how they perform the various types of magic and what they do to people and how they may influence them. And the fortune tellers and the sorcerers upon that same type of way, they, these magicians and fortune tellers get this information from those shayateen. 
The ones who climbed on top of each other's backs and went to the heavens and heard something, they come down and pass it on to the uh, magicians and the fortune tellers. Then what do they do? These magicians and fortune tellers, they will mix a hundred lies. As the narration says, فَيَكْذِبُ مَعَهَا مِئَةَ كِذْبَةً They will lie with that a hundred lies. Meaning that one piece of authentic information that they've received, that something is going to happen in the future perhaps, or some issue, that impo- that authentic information that they've received from the shayateen, eavesdropping all the way, they will mix that up with a whole load or bunch of lies. So that when one of the people goes to the magicians or goes to these fortune tellers, they will do their falsehood and their fortune telling and their crystal ball and they will say to these people, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. They'll tell them a hundred things. None of those things actually happen. Apart from one. One does happen. Which one? Authentic one. The authentic one. So afterwards when that person goes away and that one thing does happen just like the magician and the fortune teller and the sorcerer told him. But the other 100, 1000, 1 million things that he got told don't happen. What's this person going to remember? He's going to remember the one thing which did happen. He'll forget about all the other hundreds that didn't happen. But he'll remember the one thing which did. He'll say, look, you remember the magician said such and such? Look, exactly that happened. So he'll stick to that one thing now. His focus will suddenly just go onto that one thing. Did the magician not tell us that something was going to happen? Look, it's happened. Didn't the fortune teller say that this was going to happen? Look, it happened. What about all the other hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that didn't happen? Forget about that. But the one thing which occurred, now all of a sudden the focus goes on that. So in this way, the magicians and the fortune tellers, they put this deception on the people. They lie to them with a thousand lies, with a hundred lies, with all types of lies. And they misguide these people. They give shirk to them, they give kufr to them, they give all types of things. But that one truth, they mix it in, so that these people, they afterwards remember that one truth that came true. And so they carry on going back to the magicians, they carry on going back to the sorcerers. فَيَكْذِبُ مِئَةَ مَعَهَا مِئَةَ كِذْبَةَ هَذَا الْمَقْسُودِ مِنْ اِسْتِرَاقِ السَّمْعِ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَخْدَعُوا الْإِنسِ And this is what the magicians and the fortune tellers want. They want to confuse and to misguide the people. وَمِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَخْلِطُوا الْحَقِّ بِالْبَاطِلِ And so that they can mix up the truth with falsehood. وَيَلَبِّسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ And that they can confuse the truth with falsehood. لأنهم لو جاءوا بالباطل الخالص المحض ما صدقهم أحد. If the magicians and the fortune tellers, if the magicians and the fortune tellers always everything they said, none of it ever was true and none of it ever occurred, then in the end people would start to realize that this is useless. Everything they say, none of it is ever true. It's all rubbish. But now when they get the shayateen of the jinn to go and to try and steal information and every now and again they steal something and they mix that in with everything they're doing, then that one truth every now and again keeps the people attached saying, look, they did say this was going to happen and it happened. They did say that was going to happen and it happened. So that one truth, it keeps the people confused and attached to the magicians. 
فيكون هذا فيه فتنة لضعفاء الإيمان وضعفاء العقول يأخذون الباطل الكثير بسبب حق يسير خالفا So the weak people in their iman and the weak people in their understanding they will carry on going back to them they'll say look okay all of these other things didn't happen but that one thing didn't he say that was going to happen that happened so they carry on going back to them and the magicians keep feeding them all types of kufr and shirk and everything and then the odd one truth in there which does come true and as a consequence of that they keep going back and getting more kufr and shirk from them and this is what the magicians they want في الناس الآن فكثير من الناس يتبع أئمة الضلال ويتبع الفرق الضالة والجماعات المنحرفة بسبب أن عندهم شيئا من الحسنات أو شيء من الحق The Sheikh says the same example applies to the way people nowadays take knowledge etc. They go to all types of groups and all types of people whether they are misguided ones innovators, deviants, all types of different people the Sheikh they, they go to the to the, the, the leaders of misguidance. Why? Because those groups, they might have some truth. All of the groups have some truth. You go to the Jama'at al-Tabliq, they might tell you a hadith which is authentic from al-Bukhari. You go to the Ikhwan al-Muslimin, they'll give you some hadith that is authentic. So they have some truth. The people carry on going to them because they, oh, but they say this hadith they were quoting, it's in Bukhari. Why are you telling me these people are innovators? That hadith they were quoting, it's from Sahih Muslim. Why are you telling me those people are innovators? So because of this truth, which the people of innovation mix in with all of their falsehood and misguidance, the people keep attached. And they use the argument, but they're using authentic narrations. Yes, they may be, but everything else they're mixing in with that is innovation and misguidance. So the Shaykh says, this is a problem now that the people in reality, that's what they do. Many people go off with these misguided people, misguided groups saying, but they have some truth with them, they do for example, quote Bukhari and they quote Muslim and whatever else. But they have all of the misguidance mixed in there. And that's why you're supposed to avoid them and stay away from them. A person of innovation, when we say that a person is a mubtadi'ah, a person is an innovator, that doesn't mean that 100% of what he says is innovation. It doesn't. Maybe 90% of what he says is truth. Absolutely, from the Quran and the Sunnah. But it's that 10% of misguidance and innovation which causes the ruling to be upon him that he's an innovator. So when he speaks, he might speak 90% of truth, but he mixes that in with the 10% of innovation and misguidance. And as a consequence of that, you stay away from him. So it's not to be thought that just because a person mentions something authentic, therefore you can go to him. As the Ikhwanis and these people say, take the good and leave the bad. For a start, how are you going to know what the good is and what the bad is? How are you going to know which narrations he quotes to you are authentic narrations and which ones are not? How are you going to know the explanations that he gives you, which ones are authentic explanations, correct explanations from the scholars, and which ones are not? So you can't distinguish. That is not for the person to decide and say, we'll go and take the good and leave the bad. That is an incorrect principle. You take your knowledge from the rightful places only. So then the people they'll say, when that one truth comes true, فَيُقَالْ أَلَيْسَ قَدْ قَالَ يَوْمَ كَذَا وَكَذَا كَذَا وَكَذَا فَيُصَدَّقُ بِتِلْكَ الْكَلِمَةِ الَّتِي تِلْكَ الْكَلِمَةِ الَّتِي سُمِعَتْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ So then the people, they end up believing these magicians and these sorcerers because of that one truth, which was actually correct. This is why it's mentioned in some other narrations. 
The, the shooting stars, what is one of the purposes of the shooting stars? No, that's impermissible, that's haram. And the angels throwing fireballs at there. So one of the reasons why it's mentioned about the shooting star or the stars in general, it's mentioned that the stars were created for three purposes in one of the narrations. They were created for the purpose of beautification of the sky. Beautification of the sky. Tazyinun lissama. Also, guidance. That you can see the north star, this star, that star, and the sailors, they used to use that even today maybe, to guide themselves which direction they are going. And thirdly, as shooting these shayateen, the ones who are climbing on top of each other's backs and they go up to try to hear something, the shooting star goes to hit them down. And it's mentioned in the narration, sometimes the shooting star may hit them down before they manage to hear anything. But sometimes they may manage to hear something and pass it on before the star hits them. So the information does end up getting passed on. And that information is what these magicians and sorcerers then use to mix in with all of their kufr and shirk. And the people then start to say, but look, he did say such and such and that did come true. So they end up being confused and follow that. Those people are weak iman. The next narration. وَعَنِ النَّوَّاسِ ibn سَمْعَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالْ قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أراد الله تعالى أن يوحي بالأمر تكلم بالوحي أخذت السماوات منه رجفة أو قال رعدة شديدة خوفا من الله عز وجل فإذا سمع ذلك أهل السماوات سعقوا وخروا لله سجدا فيكون أول من يرفع رأسه جبريل فيكلمه الله من وحيه بما أراد ثم يمر جبريل على الملائكة كلما مر بسماء سأله ملائكتها ماذا قال ربنا يا جبريل فيقول قال الحق وهو العلي الكبير فيقولون كلهم مثل ما قال جبريل In this narration which is similar to the previous narration it talks about the fact that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, even though this narration this hadith in of itself it is not an authentic narration. Many of the scholars, they say this hadith is weak, this particular one. But the meaning of it is correct. The meaning of it is almost identical to the authentic hadith that we just read. And that is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to reveal some revelation, then Allah speaks that revelation. Allah speaks the revelation. And when that occurs, it is mentioned that the skies, the heavens, they shake, they tremble. What are the, what's the wording they use? That when the revelation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with the revelation, the hadith of Nawas ibn Sam'an, the heavens they tremble or they shake. Strongly they strongly quake, tremble or shake. So the heavens they strongly quake, meaning they shake and they tremble from when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks the revelation. Why? Khawfan min Allahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. Out of their fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَأَخَذَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ مِنْهُ رَجْفَةً أَوْ قَالَ رَعْدَ شَدِيدًا أي سمعت كلام الله يصيبها خوف وهيبة وهيبة لكلام الله وهذا فيه أن الجمادات تدرك عظمة ربها وتسبحه وتعظمه 
So this indicates that even the inanimate objects, objects, the heavens, the skies, the rocks, objects, even they, as it is mentioned in the Quran, even they do the tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنَّ That the seven heavens do the tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this earth and everything within it. So even the objects, they comprehend that. So it mentions here that the skies, the heavens, they tremble when Allah speaks the revelation. فَإِذَا سَمِعَ ذَلِكَ أَهْلُ السَّمَاوَاتِ So when the residents of the heavens hear that, i.e. the angels, when the angels hear the revelation, سَعِقُوا They fall unconscious. When the angels hear that, they fall unconscious from the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah speaks the revelation. And then they fall down to Allah in prostration. They fall down to Allah in prostration. And this could be before falling unconscious, that they fall into prostration first and then the unconsciousness occurs. Or it could be that after they arise from the unconsciousness, they regain consciousness, that they then fall into prostration. So they fall into that prostration out of their fear of Allah, out of their awe for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of their humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then it says, فَيَكُونُ أَوَّلَ مَنْ يَرْفَعُ That after they fall into that prostration, the first one to raise his head out of the prostration is Jibreel alayhi salam. Jibreel alayhi salam is the first one to raise his head and he is the greatest of the angels. Jibreel alayhi salam is the greatest of the angels. He is the one who has been given the responsibility of the revelation. Just like Mikael has been given the responsibility of the rainfall and the vegetation. And Israfil has been given the responsibility of blowing on the trumpet in the day of judgment. And the angel of death, the responsibility of taking the souls. These are all various angels. But Jibreel alayhi salam is the greatest of the angels. So Jibreel alayhi salam, he is the first one who raises up after going into prostration. Everybody goes into prostration, all the angels. Then he passes by all of the angels. He goes by, he moves and he goes by all of the other angels in the various levels of the heavens. And so every time he goes to a different level of the heavens, at different levels of the skies of the heavens, the angels in that level of the heavens, in that level of the skies, they asked Jibreel alayhi salam, what did our Lord say? Because now they've heard that revelation, they've heard Allah speak. So they say to Jibreel, what did our Lord say? So Jibreel alayhi salam says to them, قَالَ الْحَقِّ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke the truth. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْكَبِيرُ And he is the most high, the greatest. فَيَقُولُونَ كُلُّهُمْ مِثْلَ مَا قَالَ جِبْرِيلِ So all of them say just like what Jibreel said, that Allah spoke the truth. This indicates to you that the angels do not have knowledge of the unseen. Because these are the angels who were in the other levels of the heavens. They then asked Jibreel, what did, your Lord, what did our Lord say? They didn't know before that. Then Jibreel tells them that our Lord spoke the truth. So this narration, it indicates again that Speech is one of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah speaks the revelation. And that when Allah speaks the revelation, the angels, they fall down unconscious. 
and then they fall down into prostration. All of that indicates that the angels are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are a creation of Allah. They are in humbleness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are in fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They fall unconscious when the revelation is revealed. All of this indicates to you therefore they are another creation of Allah who do not deserve to be worshipped. They do not have the right to be worshipped. We cannot direct our worship to the angels. The angels themselves are in fear of Allah. The angels themselves, they fall into that fear when they hear Allah speak the revelation. So how can you worship the angels? You cannot. So if you cannot worship the angels, despite how great the angels are, and they are in the heavens, up close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if it is not permissible to worship them, how could it be permissible to worship somebody dead and deceased in their grave? How could it be possible to worship someone deceased in their grave when it is not even possible for you to worship the angels, the great angels up in the heavens? Because these narrations show you even the angels are in fear of Allah. Even they fall down into prostration to Allah. They all worship Allah. So how can you then direct your worship to the angels or anybody lesser than the angels, these deceased people in their graves? All of these are the creation of Allah who are in need of Allah. And they prostrate to Allah, and they worship Allah, and they are in fear of Allah. So that highlights to you that if you cannot direct your worship to something as great as the angels, from the greatest of the creations of Allah, then surely you cannot direct your worship to anything else besides that. All of your worship, every type of dua that you make, every type of obedience that you do, then it must be directed purely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what this chapter chapter mentions regarding this issue of the angels. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions some of the benefits, one of the benefits is that we realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. No doubt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks because someone who does not speak is a deficiency. How do we know that if someone does not speak is a deficiency and that it cannot be a Lord, it cannot be a creator, it cannot be your deity if it doesn't speak? An actual example, an evidence from the Quran. What's an evidence from the Quran that something that doesn't speak can't possibly be your Lord? But a proof that something that can't speak cannot be God. <coughs> so Ibrahim السلام, how did he refute his people about worshipping idols? What was one of the arguments? One of the arguments of Ibrahim السلام, to them was ask the idols. Can they hear you? Can they speak? In another ayah, why do you worship that which cannot speak and cannot, cannot hear you? So one of the proofs Ibrahim السلام, used against his people about worshipping these idols was that these idols of yours can't even hear you, they can't even speak. So how can they be deities? How can they be your God? They can't even speak, they can't even hear. So that shows something that cannot speak, it's a deficiency. So if Ibrahim السلام, was using this argument that your idols can't even speak, that must mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala certainly does speak. And these evidences show that. 
So Allah speaks, and the angels they hear that the revelation. Also, from the benefits here is that well, the major benefit from all of this is that the angels, despite the fact how great they are in their creation, they still fear Allah. The angels still fear Allah. المسألة التي ساق المصنف هذا الحديث من أجلها أن الملائكة يخافون من الله ويسجدون له فدل على أنهم عباد محتاجون إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى فقراء إلى الله This indicates that even the angels are the servants of Allah and they are in need of Allah. So if they are themselves in need of Allah, how can we possibly be in their need? How can we ask them for our needs and make dua to them? Or any other person or wali of Allah as you claim. So all of this is a proof that every type of worship must be directed to Allah alone. You cannot direct it even to an angel, not even to a prophet. Every worship, every dua, every obedience must be purely for the sake of Allah alone. The next chapter, Babu Shafa'ah. We'll begin it next time inshallah. Babu Shafa'ah is the chapter regarding intercession. And this is an important chapter. Because many of the people now who go to the graveyards, what do they say? They say, we're not making shirk, we're not doing anything which is shirk, we're not asking these people to answer our dua, we're just asking them to take our dua to Allah. They say, we are such sinners, we are such wrongdoers, how could I make dua to Allah? I need to go to this peer or to this famous wali from the awliya of Allah, this great imam, make dua to ask him to take my dua to Allah. My dua is for Allah, they say. I'm not committing shirk, I'm not asking this person in the grave, I'm just asking him to take my dua to Allah. But this act in of itself is impermissible. This type of intercession, this type of intermediary is not allowed. And that inshallah is what we'll discuss in two weeks time. Next week there's one week off. And then in two weeks time inshallah, December the 14th or something, I think it is December 14th. We'll carry on then inshallah with this chapter at the same time, 8pm in two weeks time. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين